Hello everyone. Welcome to the Fintech Dialogues, a unique podcast where we talk to industry leaders who have been through the journey of creating and transforming financial technology experiences. I'm your co-host Ankur and I'm Abhinav. In each episode, we shall be discussing trends, ideas, innovation and their implementation challenges. Come join us as we candidly discuss with the experts about their tactics, strategies and learnings. Welcome to our first episode. Today, we are interacting with the digital head of a bank, which is among the first few organizations in the region who are transforming themselves from a traditional bank to a digital first bank. The bank's name is NMB Bank Limited and the man behind the transformation is Mr. Shivaraj Upadhyay. We shall be discussing details of this transformational journey with Mr. Upadhyay, but before that, let me give our listeners a quick background on Shivaraj's banking career. So, Mr. Shivaraj is an MBA graduate. He started his career as an lecturer, and before landing a banking job with Nepal Bank Limited, yeah. So he he worked in various roles there. He worked as a network support officer. He worked as a co-banking lead, as heads of cards and payments. Post Nepal Bank, he joined NMB Bank, and you know worked as a alternate delivery channels head there. He headed their information security, and in his current role, he's heading NMB Bank's digital banking initiative. He is a certified ethical hacker and advocates the use of digital channels for bringing banking services online. So, welcome to the show, Shivraj. Thank you, Abhinav. Thank you, Ankur. Thank you, Shivraj. So, Shivraj, you had a long career in banking and that too in very various roles, in very varied roles. But tell us how it all started for you. Tell us about your early days with the iconic public sector bank that you worked with. Uh, thank you, Abhinav. So it was in 2004, I guess, uh, around 2004, July. Uh, I happened to jo- join the bank when there, the bank was under the uh, IFC and central bank's management, uh, where there were uh, people from ICCMT, which is an international consulting firm, where uh, the bank was being run by the consulting firm to uh, manage the entire uh, banking of the Nepal Bank. That was the government project that they initiated for two public sector banks, uh, one Nepal Bank and another Rashtra Manager Bank. So I happened to work with them uh, from 2004, where I was appointed as the network support officer uh, at that point. So it was the initial starting stage of my banking career, uh, which I think I have completed around 16 plus years now. So the journey is good. Wow, amazing. Uh, Those must be the days which which was also the starting of the whole digital era, maybe the first ever digital thing that started happening in in banking infrastructure. Um, You worked there for a good nine years, right? And then you shifted to a new age bank, like an NMB bank, which is a whole together different world. What are the key differences that you felt between the working cultures and how did you cope? Before going that, uh, I would like to share one interesting fact that I have with my career is like, uh, 
I have been working in the banking for last 15 years, but it seems like I have been working in only new initiatives that a bank is taking. So when I joined Nepal Bank, uh, the Nepal Bank was totally on laser base. So they had everything on pen and paper. So at that point, uh, only few branches, around eight branches were on a computer system. The other branches were on uh, lasers. So there I happened to work on a project uh, which was transforming their major 44 branches into decentralized uh, core banking. Uh, so that was one era. And when I joined, sort of a coincidence, I would say that when I joined uh, NMB, so at that point, NMB was also shifting from the shared switch of a city to their own switch. Uh, so they were migrating to their new switch. So I happened to be the another project manager here and working on a new initiative on a private bank. So sort of a coincidence and uh, probably I have been driving new things around. So honestly, when I joined NMB and when I joined, uh, when I uh, look at the work culture at Nepal Bank and when I look at the work culture of uh, NMB, there's a huge, huge difference. Like uh, see Nepal Bank being a public sector bank, uh, uh, the first bank in Nepal probably. So. Uh, is the first bank in Nepal. So they had all their rules written down. Everything was um, strictly written down. So everything was on a process level. But when I joined NMB, so it's it's a it's a bank which which was just created a bank in 2008. So earlier this NMB was a microfinance. Uh, it was a finance uh, company. So it upgraded to uh, your bank in 2008 um, by the central bank, uh, provided the central bank the commercial license. So uh, it was still, uh, the practice was still the same that they were following when they were a finance company. But down the line, things have changed a lot and uh, we have adopted a lot of new uh, process, new techs. And uh, you know, the people from varied backgrounds came into the bank and things have, have changed a lot. But the difference is like here, still the systems, we have to build the systems here, uh, the process here, but there in Nepal bank, the pretty, the systems and uh, not the technical systems, but the entire ecosystem of how the bank should function was uh, written down. So that's, that's the cultural difference I find uh, how things work here and there. Hmm. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. You must have seen it all, uh, various generations of technology change and cultural change. What do you think uh, is the biggest hitch? You know, we, we have listeners who might be working with PSU banks and were thinking about jumping the ship to a private sector bank. Uh, what do you what do you have to say for them? What, what should they keep in mind? The first the first thing that uh, I would just share my story why uh, I joined NMB and why not not continue with the PSU bank or uh, Nepal bank. Uh, so. The first thing was like, uh, when you work on a set system, and then uh, the first thing is that the patience level of your uh, growth, you have to have that patience level that, okay, there's, the, there's a strategic thing that uh, every five years, six years, two years, there's a, uh, a growth opportunity and I would take it. But when we, uh, uh, the virtue way I joined NMB was like, I was a bit, more optimistic on the growth that, that I wanted, like uh, so, and the opportunity of uh, working on new uh, tech, new techs or new processes or new things. Because 
if I want to acquire some technology in a PSU bank, the process is pretty lengthy or things are pretty hectic. They have to go into multiple approvals, multiple things. But here, like if you can prove your management that this thing works, so this would give you the, uh, the end result would be better for both banks and the clients. So they approve it. Uh, uh, though it's it's not that easy what I'm saying, but uh, yeah, but it materialized at the end. So that's uh, one thing. The other thing is like uh, for an individual, what, what do you really want? Uh, do you really want to continue? Uh, or do you really want to uh, say, for example, uh, on an average, uh, if you want to continue on a job, so probably 20, 25 years, you would be working on an active life. But life does not stop after your job, right? So what do you want to become after that, after you retire or after, what's your expectation after that? So that's also matters. Like uh, if, you, uh, if you want to keep on continuing on the same job for a couple of 15 years uh, and you don't get any learning opportunities or you don't get any opportunities where you can explore your new knowledge, then that's what uh, I get in uh, NMB as a such. Because uh, to share my experience with NMB, like I was the first person in Nepal itself to launch a credit card with chip, where uh, we were the first bank to launch that in 2013, uh, 14 uh, May. Okay. And similarly, uh, we are the first bank to launch the omni-channel platform in Nepal uh, in uh, 2018, I guess, or 19, somewhere around. Mm-hmm. So uh, then similarly, we, we are the first bank to have the entire LOS process uh, from uh, lead generation to your disbursement to be on an automated system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so this gives me some uh, opportunities to learn new things uh, so that it enhance my knowledge. So in, enrich me that uh, what I want to become after my 15, 20 or 25 years of job. Then I land into some consulting activities or uh, do some sort of uh, something of my own, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that that opportunity that I get in uh, the commercial banks, uh, probably mm-hmm. in Nepal, mm-hmm. that's that's one thing. Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, uh, you are saying that it gives you a lot of freedom. It gives you an accelerated uh, term, uh, accelerated growth in terms of knowledge as well as exposure. And that is what, uh, you know, in case if people make this uh, uh, shift from the PSUs to the private sector banks, they have an opportunity or a window of opportunity where they can enhance their knowledge. Okay, True. so Abhinav, over to you. True. Exactly. Uh, so uh, thank you for telling, taking us through that story. It is very inspiring. Uh, tell us about uh, the multiple new initiatives that you are currently working on in your bank. Okay, let me take back you to back to 2017. Uh, at that point, uh, bank, uh, NMB Bank was pretty struggling on the digital front. Uh, so we didn't have a good leadership on the digital front and uh, there was no people who was leading the digital department and digital department was basically they were managing uh, the only applic- uh, mobile application or web application that they have with the, uh, the, uh, the past vendor that we had. And there were no initiatives taken. And in 2018, when I joined uh, as the, uh, when I was given the role of digital banking, so I had an opportunity to work with a few people from inside and from outside, uh, where uh, we had to draw a map uh, of the digital journey of the bank. So the focus was how 
could we have the digital journey put in place so that we can have a better digital environment internally and have uh, give a customer a good experience externally so we draw draw down two lines uh, on the digital front and the first line was that the backbone like uh, the spinal cord of the bank has to be digitized so that uh, then once that digitization process is complete then we can move on to any channels any platform so that we can provide any services to the client so we draw these two lines uh, in 2018 so then we started with the project two major projects one was the uh, business process management and uh, reengineering the other was the omni channel platform so we said that uh, there would be major three systems in the bank uh, and and in 2016 uh, we recently upgraded to the finacle core Uh, from the legacy pomori system then uh, that was one of the initiatives that we took for the backbone and the other major backbone that we took was the business process management and reengineering so these are the major two initiatives which we took uh, for digital journey so and the thing was like the bank should have only three systems in place uh, major three systems in place like the core banking the business process management and omni channel and all these three systems has to talk to each other and so that anything that we can or a client can do online uh, should be landed into a business process management uh, basically if it's a straight through then it should be a straight through otherwise uh, if it is a process uh, driven uh, requirement then it has to go through a business process management so uh, uh, so that was the initiative that we took and it took us around one and a half year to complete those two activities uh, in the first phase uh, where now i guess we are pretty good where our um, uh, the casa process is almost uh, we are standing on 90% completion and on los we are standing on 100% completion on that and whereas on omni channel we completed the phase 1 in 100% and we are doing now moving on with the second phase we which we expect to complete in next 6 to 7 months time so that that's the major uh, journey that we drove after that so an interesting uh, you know timeline uh, you started like it it, lo- it looks like that you predicted the covid right so you started with the core banking change in 16 and you did the uh, you conceptualized the entire process for starting the bpm and the omni channel in 2018 and then of course in 2020 the covid stuck so did you have any like insights into what you were like working on <laughs> <laughs> uh, not not exactly uh, not exactly uh, I, i was new to these two friends like i was new to bpm uh, and i was new to omni channel Mm-hmm. Uh, so working on this was a pretty interesting activity for me uh, there were a mm-hmm. lot of uh, bitter roads that i had to walk uh, or mm-hmm. sometimes some healthy and unhealthy conversations between all the parties internally and externally mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, uh, the fruit that has come up uh, is now starting to bear the fruit mm-hmm. the, uh, it's starting to bear the fruit like we are getting positive response from uh, the internal staff who are using mm-hmm. the business process honestly speaking like i mean uh if i bring down the bpm for around an hour yeah. is a outcry because uh, the branch people they don't want to again shift back to finical and start opening accounts because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the process is built in such a simple manner that uh, mm-hmm. uh, they would just rather say uh, how long would it take if i say 2 hours then they would say okay i would find wait for 2 hours and 
key in my uh, account opening pro process rather than okay. key that in BPM in Finacle because otherwise in BPM they could complete that task in one hour then mm -hmm. it would take around three hours for them to complete that the entire process in Finacle so that's oh. that's that's the, that's the feedback that I'm getting right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, Shivraji, tell us more about the COVID event for most of uh, you know uh, people we had, that we talked to. COVID was one event that changed the way they implement technology. What changed for you, the way you were implementing before and then COVID happened? What changed in your implementation process and thought process uh, after that? As uh, as I think Ankur has mentioned that I has uh, had at, at least pre-imagined that COVID is going to be there in uh, somewhere around <laughs> 20. But uh, that, that was, uh, uh, it, it seems a coincidence for us uh, because we had uh, started the implementation pretty ahead. But in the entire industry, like the, there were two fronts where uh, things changed a bit uh, after post-COVID. Like uh, now, if, if I want to give you some numbers on that, uh, if you just, uh, if I want to give you some numbers, uh, during COVID, uh, NMB Bank itself had the requisition for uh, mobile banking and internet banking, uh, which grew up around 15 to 20% uh, on the entire industry subscription. Then similarly, they were around, uh, if you say like the daily, the industry's average transactions uh, grew up by 47% on uh, digital payments. And similarly, your uh, fund transfers grew, grew by 196 plus percent on that uh, pandemic period, uh, the first uh, pandemic uh, that we had, the lockdown that we had in May. Mm -hmm. right. So so numbers are pretty increasing. Like. Uh, uh, though that at that point of time, like uh, the QR payments uh, were down by five percent to ten percent because of the shops were closed and there was a lockdown, mm -hmm. but the requisition for QR merchants uh, it shoot up. Like currently, uh, uh, I think NMB Bank itself, they, we were able to book around ten thousand plus uh, merchants on QR uh, at that point. Uh, that, that, that's the one thing. Uh, so another thing is like uh, we had to uh, to instantly there was no like there was no preparation period for us so the overnight uh, we have to move from physical to virtual environment of working and and we have to some, somewhat change the processes of the working uh, uh, principles and uh, i uh, i hardly believe doing any meetings online before the pandemic but now it has changed the way we work like the meetings are online uh, and uh, your entire discussions on the projects are online or discussions with the internal team are online. So this, the entire working principle of the banks, uh, the entire industry changed overnight uh, in that scenario. And it, it, it took us very hard to cope up with that because the workforce was not ready for that. It took us some months, uh, probably a month to uh, come up with the entire, like uh, the upgrade some technology, like upgrade to Microsoft Teams or uh, uh, me, Google Meets or something like that, uh, acquire those technologies, it took us some time. But eventually we were able to manage that uh, in a couple of months. So interestingly, uh, uh, Shivraji, uh, the point is that you have been working on digitizing all the processes in the bank. And uh, it, it when you launched the service, it was bang on during the COVID period, right? So yes, I know that you know uh, you have been working and you've been pushing hard to digitize most of the processes, but like by the time COVID hit, 
we already had most of the processes mapped on to uh, you know going digital so uh, how was it a relief you know at the end of the day uh, for you as compared to others in the industry uh basically we were all all banks were on the same foot um, uh, uh, we were a bit ahead or some banks were a bit ahead for us but the in- entire industry we were on the same foot like uh, we were on the same boat like we were uh, moving a gradual uh, uh, see there there are lot of lot of component here uh, for decisions to succeed like uh-huh. say uh, some central bank regulations uh, uh-huh. pretty strict on on the digitization front uh-huh. and uh, they are like the the entire ecosystem is not built uh, in the bank uh, in the in nepal right for uh, eventual friendliness for digitization uh-huh. so uh, so that uh, uh, and uh, like uh, the mindset of the management or mindset of the people inside the organization uh-huh. we are still uh, though i am uh, leading the forefront on that front but still we are we are not not changed our mindset Uh-huh. on the front so th- these these things uh, were hitting a bit hard at that point of time but now since central bank is also relaxing some uh, like just to give you an example like in the uh, in the mid of last uh, last year like we had one relaxation on the account opening process where we could do vkyc but uh-huh. at that point central bank was very reluctant on providing vkyc platforms uh, so that bank can uh, deploy vkyc platforms or other, or other components uh-huh. Uh-huh. so the, the, uh, we were pretty easy uh, in our case we were pretty easy uh, and uh, and one thing was like we were in the mid of those project uh-huh. so we were just in the middle of the project the, the then once the covid came in then the pressure mounted us like we had to complete the six months task in three months period or something like that so that it uh, i will touch base on the on the regulatory uh, aspect of uh, you know that that you want from the regulator to push digitalization a bit later uh, before that can you tell us more about the, the key challenges that a digital banking head faces when he try to change things uh, in the organization what are the key three challenges do you think uh, a typical banker faces and uh, how how to cope with them uh number one is the mindset of the management and the mindset of the internal workforce uh because still we are not uh, uh, we are not able to move into the digital thoughts we have to educate a lot right and there should be a lot of irity a lot of uh, discussions to metalize things on the digital front uh the second one is the uh the getting rid of the the legacy systems that we have right mm-hmm. the legacy systems that we have uh, that is the second uh, challenge that we have and the third is the adaptation like uh, people are not ready to adapt 
uh, even the clients are not ready to adapt to new uh, technologies mm-hmm. or cannot adapt to go online and process for uh, even a loan mm-hmm. currently what happens is like if a client wants a loan he just uh, drops in his uh, id card uh, or whatever is there on the system provide his mobile number the rm does everything for them and he gets a loan approved or something like that right but uh, when you go online the keying of data has to be done by the client and other stuff so the clients are also not ready to move into that front and the, uh, so th- these are i think the three key challenges that we have so uh, what do you think that like how what are your suggestions in terms of easing out first the mindset problem that you talked about within the organization because which which is a very very valid point because if uh, my army is not ready how will i deliver right so in a very very generic context of course not in like any specific context so what can be done what have you observed and what do you what remedies do you give for that question number 1 and uh, the other part i would like to understand is that see you said that there is a mindset thing now uh, uh, what do you think can be done in order to change the mindset of the end user so can you uh, you know enlighten us more on these two points okay there uh, since i said that there are two area of mindset that we has to have to cater mm-hmm. uh, number one is the mindset of the management and the number two is the mindset of the uh, user force yes. the, the ultimate users right mm-hmm. so for the management uh see ultimately every 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 delivery every project or every digitization initiative that we take mm-hmm. there are two aspect like uh, one is when is it going to get completed and the mm-hmm. other is what is the benefit that i'm going to get mm-hmm. until unless we show them the the actual benefits uh in terms of monetary fronts like okay mm-hmm. when when you initiate this project when this project gets completed mm-hmm. and uh and then uh, you will be saving uh, the cost mm-hmm. on this front and this is the amount of cost that you would be saving mm-hmm. if i cannot materialize that on the monetary value until mm-hmm. uh, unless the management understands that they are not going to approve any of the initiatives so is it only in terms of cost saving or making money also from the digital real estate that you are creating is the same thing is the same thing like uh, whether i save money Mm-hmm. Uh, so see it's like this ankur and abhinav like there are two aspects of that make mm-hmm. yourself uh, uh, like uh, uh, just to give you an example like uh, uh, we use the word like re- decrease in head counts right mm-hmm. so uh, if i say decrease in uh, reduce head counts means like uh, either i have to pull out people from that uh, department uh, for whom i i have taken the initiatives right mm-hmm. so that currently there were 10 people working on that department now because of this initiative because of this digital uh, initiative uh, there would be five people who would be requiring uh, would not be required in that department so they have to be pulled out mm-hmm. that is one way of uh, reducing the cost or giving them a monetary value the other way i see that another way is like today there are 10 people working on the department and they were processing uh, 50 files mm-hmm. now we have initiated this project we have initiated this transactions sorry we have initiated this process uh, because of this this 10 people are now able to process 50 more that means 100 uh, uh, transactions mm-hmm. so that is also one way of saving because if your transaction uh, since you are growing right so your transactions mm-hmm. grows so mm-hmm. instead of hiring new people to process those five uh, 50 transactions what you are doing you are making the people enable through technology to enable uh, uh, do the double work 
Mm-hmm. So that's that's one Absolutely. way that I take the initiative to convince my management. And uh, for end user, we just give them like how their life would be easy because of the systems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are working off hours, they are working late hours, they are working on holidays. Because mm-hmm. they're not able to complete their work if they are working on the legacy systems or they are working on pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Because of this technology, like uh, for completing your work, it'll just take around five minutes. If you are doing mm-hmm. that, you're taking around 20 minutes on mm-hmm. a paper. But when you're working on tech, uh, it'll take you just around five minutes. So they can complete their work easily. They, they can complete their work on time and go, go back to their families, spend time with their families, mm-hmm. uh, time with their friends. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is important as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Saving, creating efficiencies internally and saving your customers' time is the biggest advantage. Absolutely. Uh, Shivraji, uh, uh, there will be a lot of digital banking heads around the world who are trying to, you know, or or who are on verge of starting to plan their whole digital transformation project. Uh, What, what, what is, what do you want to tell them? How should they start? What? What is the, what are the things that they should keep in mind? To be very honest with us, like way uh, the way I started was like uh, basically what happens is in most most of the cases that I have seen on uh, digital products and something like that is uh, the the uh, the banks or the companies they hire some consultants, uh, the consultants from abroad or the internal consultants are uh, from their country itself, and they ask them to draw their roadmap, like what are the technologies that are required, what is the process to be digitized or something like that. My first first and the foremost, the first thing that they have to do is be your own consultants. Don't mm-hmm. ask someone to come from abroad and, and design a journey for you mm-hmm. because you know your internal things, you know your processes, mm-hmm. you have good people working on that processes on a daily basis, mm-hmm. interview them, get the process jot down. And be be your own consultant is the first thing. And the other thing is like uh, the other thing is like you know that you're working on a process. Okay. So these Dyson always starts with a process. So uh-huh. first thing is like try to re-engineer your process as far as possible. So can you enlighten us more in terms of re-engineering and the prep part of it? Like so, one one thing is that you said okay, and that's a very very valid point that you are your best consultant. The other thing is that when you say like, what are the ingredients? Say I'm I'm going to create a recipe. So, what are the ingredients people should be you know ready with before even jumping into selecting a uh, you know a technology provider or themselves started starting to work on a technology? Yeah. See, uh, as I already told you, like uh, currently. Uh, I think every every institution, every banks, every non-banking institutions, banking institutions, you have your process written, right? Uh-huh. You have your process written. So now what you have to do is like, first of all, you go through your process line by line. <laughs> like, because that process is not built on a day. That process was built from long time back. There were different people working on that. There were uh-huh. different people providing their feedback on that. Uh-huh. There were a lot of lines added to that process on a daily basis. Uh, on a regular basis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because every process has a review like uh, i don't know what's the process uh, you might have different processes of reviewing your internal processes but we have a yearly review on the process every mm-hmm. year we review some process mm-hmm. uh, the critical processes right so mm-hmm. every time there are either either there are certain uh, components mm-hmm. added or some mm-hmm. components uh, that are uh, uh, that are uh, 
relief from that. And there are certain processes that are mandatory that you have to follow based on the guidelines of the central bank or the government, right? So keeping in mind these central banks and the uh, government processes, uh, sorry, I am taking central bank because I'm uh, with the banking industry itself. So with, the, with your cons consulting regulators and the uh, rule of law uh, and the land, uh, then there's, there would be certain steps on the process that you have added just to ensure that the process is, uh, just to ensure that it's complied. But that process might not be necessary in the, uh, the present context. Correct. Or, Correct. Right. So we have to keep uh, re-engineering that thing. Like we have to keep on shortening those things. Mm -hmm. And we have to find ways. Like we have to look into There's a lot of R&D uh, to be done on that uh, re-engineering. It's not like, okay, there are 10 lines. Now I have removed uh, four out of it. So my goes uh, my now the process becomes six steps. Okay, right. so, so you are trying to say that you have to be an initiative taker and bold enough to take steps which other people are not willing to do, right? So Correct. that is something you should be ready to go ahead with and Correct. then Correct. make up your mind. Okay. Because, see, uh, 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 in, in any legacy process, the processes are written down on a comfort zone. Correct. Right? So you, you have to challenge that comfort zone of the, the other individual. Mm-hmm. So no, you are right. You are right. So you, somebody who's writing the process or writing the digitization, like a person in your shoes, should not should also think from the compliance perspective or you know the bank's perspective, but also should should think eighty percent from the customer's perspective. That if I were that customer and if I have to walk for updating my mobile number into a bank branch, then that's not what digitization is. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Finally, touching base to. To, to the regulatory uh, wish list we all have it. The festival is around the corner. And what is your wish list from the regulator? What do you want to see coming from them that can, you know, kickstart this more? No, it's like they see, Avinav, like uh, in the context of Nepal, uh, I would see like the regulator is more focused uh, at present on the digital payment that even after the pandemic, uh, they were more focused on uh, the uh, the payments front, like they were uh, easing some uh, the limits on the uh, channels, uh, payment channels. Uh, but uh, the only thing uh, they were easing some uh, registration process for people on the channels, uh, or say for example wallets or something like that. They uh, at that point they were able to provide some around license to 22 wallet uh, companies in Nepal, which is pretty huge in the context of the amount uh, the the population that we have. Uh, and uh, but my my expectation from the regulator is like uh, payments is not digital banking uh, for me. It's it's one of the component of digital banking. So payments is not the the only digital mm -hmm. banking that is there. So the mm -hmm. regulator has to work on areas of uh, uh, allowing the bank to go on a a more digital uh, footstep, uh, like uh, easing the KYC process. So that the mm -hmm, client mm -hmm. need not visit a bank to open an account, uh, mm -hmm. the, uh, easing the process for activating your cards, uh, or easing the process for applying a loan. Uh, or we can, uh, like we started, NMB started with NMB Sapati, where we would we were able to give small value loans to our clients. But that was a pretty limited segment that we could work on, like for payroll accounts only. But I mm -hmm. should be able to provide that to the entire client base that I have, which is around uh, 13 to 14 lakhs clients uh, uh -huh. I have, right? 
Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that that area, like uh, now, uh, I I want the regulator to look into that area as well, and not only on the payment front, so that they can ease the process for KYC, ease the process for video KYC, ease the process for online loan processing, and let bank have the automated dispersal uh, process, and uh, or um, uh, build up some third-party entities um, like NCHLs where we could. Uh, work on verifying the KYCs of the client rather than bringing them. They have started one initiative from the government, like they have now Nagarik app, and they are trying to provide the uh, the details uh, where I could verify the detail, like what we have in Aadhaar in India. But uh, that's also not that efficient because the details are not good. Uh, the details are not correct. So uh, my expectation, my wish from the regulator is like, not only payments, please try to focus on the other aspects of banking as well. Mm -hmm. So you mean to say specifically like onboarding part of it, which is very, very important, right? Because if I cannot onboard, then it's not possible. And on the second front, you know, limiting uh, factors, say, for example, because of the KYC requirements or any other regulatory requirements, as you rightly pointed out for the loans, right? Otherwise, you could have done working capital loans or maybe payday loans or, you know, uh, uh, loans for your POS uh, provider, so forth and so on. Yes. and not be limited to only the payroll uh, <coughs> uh, accounts. Okay. Thanks, Shivraj, for the candid discussion that we had today. Thanks for sharing your experiences with our audience. I think this session gave us a completely new perspective. We wish you all the best for all your endeavors ahead. Thank you so much. That's it for this episode of Fintech Dialogue. In the coming weeks, we shall be in conversation with industry leaders who are changing the fintech landscape. So stay tuned. <laughs>